everybody, and welcome back to my podcast, Christian in Progress. My name is Samuel Perez, and just a little bit about myself, I am a former gay stripper. Yes, that's right, you heard that correctly. I left behind the homosexual lifestyle to walk with Christ, and this podcast is all about how I do it, why I do it, and to help others like me, and educate those that maybe are not like me. I want to talk, but I really want to talk about what a real life looks like with Jesus in 2022. Nothing is off limits, and I want to be as transparent as I possibly can be. Before we get started, I want to let everybody know that this podcast is completely free to listen to, and we do accept donations, and we have some awesome rewards and gifts for those who want to become patrons of the podcast. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, click on the description and you'll find the link to becoming a patron of the podcast, which means you'll be making a regular monthly commitment. And we also have my website, SamuelAbrahamPerez.com, where you can find resources to give through PayPal and Venmo or Cash App. And on today's episode, we have the awesome Joe Baumberger, a TikTok sensation oh. and a full-time missionary. I'm so excited to have him <laughs> on. How are you, Joel? Hey, I'm doing so great. I'm pumped to chat with you on this podcast, bro. Yeah, man. I'm so excited that you're here, dude. I was just telling him I'm obsessed with burgers. <laughs> Since his last <laughs> Works well with my name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have like, I always have like, I don't know if you guys ever wonder, I have like just like these knickknacks and shenanigans like in my background and stuff. And I actually up here, I have a, it's an Officer Mac and it's like a, one of those like, I don't even know what to call it, like bobbleheads of like a burger of like the McDonald's commercials. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, the whole point is I'm obsessed with burgers. But um, yeah, I'm so excited that you're here today, man. And like we are filming this super like early in the morning for me. (laughs) (laughs) Bro, it's like 11.30. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I it's It's crazy. I don't know. I just like, I'm the type of guy, like I've been trying to like work around my sleeping schedule because I I don't know for you, but we're both content creators. Like this is what we do and like we make content online. But for me, I'm so much more making like so much more comfortable making content uh during the night times i don't know about totally (laughs) well i i gave up my nightlife and sleeping in past eight once i had kids so now that i have kids it's just i don't remember the last time i slept in past 8 (laughs) a.m oh my gosh yeah dude i can't even imagine you're you're just like so young so i'm like man just thinking about like this guy's kids like what like how, how old are you now so i'm 28 years old um it's funny because on my TikTok, some people are like, I can't tell if you're 35 or 15. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I actually saw some comments about that. I don't know if you want to get into that. You, um, you said that you were having like some, what was it, uh, skin problems or something? Oh yeah, actually over the past six months, I guess, I started to have this uh, just kind of like eczema and stuff on my eyelids, my nose around my face, which was so crazy when primarily like at least like 60% of my ministry is online with a video, you know? Yeah. Um, but I got diagnosed with psoriasis. So it's actually mm. an, like an autoimmune disease that just like affects your skin. But a lot of it's cleared up and um, I was able to use some like creams and other stuff and got all cleared up. So praise God for that. Um, it was kind of crazy because it definitely affected my even just confidence going into some like videos, you know, um, when that's such a big part of who you are. Yeah, man, I, I totally feel that. Like, I don't I don't think I ever focused on the way that I look uh, so much until I started making like YouTube videos <laughs> and <Totally>. like <laughs> my Bible studies online and filming TikToks. I was like, yeah, add a filter on that. Like <laughs> my skin <laughs> like does not look as good as it used to look. And it's and, like people don't understand like making content all day. Like you have to look at yourself like all day and like I and know. Then you have, yeah, you have to hear yourself all day too. It's like you just get so tired of yourself and like it brings out like <laughs> your biggest insecurities and in making all that content stuff. But we'll definitely be talking about making content and, and all your stuff that you do on TikTok and all that stuff. But um, I yep. want to get to know a little bit about you, like about your testimony Absolutely. and about like uh, how you met the Lord. So yeah, let it rip. Tell us a little bit about like Joel Bomberger. Like first, first question I would say is like, um, where were you born? Where are you yeah. from? <laughs> totally. Um, and to kind of preface it, I would just say, you know, TikTok videos, all that stuff. That was not 
and I'll get more into that, but that was nothing I ever set out to do. It's so funny. Because um, people, I know people who like want to be a YouTube star, want to be a TikTok star, their goal is to go viral. Mm. But it was really just something that the Lord led me into my whole life since really finding the Lord my senior year has just been about one step of obedience. Just obeying Him and seeking to make Him famous by everything I do, you know, following the Holy Spirit and allowing Him to touch people because I got so touched, so radically changed. I want other people to experience that. So that was kind of like, you know, it was never my goal to be even like this. I, I can't believe that, you know, I'm doing podcasts with others on Instagram, TikTok, meeting all these people. It's just really incredible because I grew up in this little small town of Lancaster, Pennsylvania, uh, <laughs> Amish country, if anybody knows. And just so you know, it's not Lancaster, it's Lancaster. If you ever come here, you will get annihilated if you say Lancaster. It's the real thing. Um, I, I actually I, didn't even like I, like how I met you. It was so funny. I had to cut you off because I'm like, I, I'd never been to Pennsylvania. And um, yeah. my mentor, he lives in Philadelphia. And so he was doing a, a conference. And I didn't know where this conference was going to be. And so I like, I just hopped on a plane and then he was like, yeah, it's going to be like in this like small place. Um, the city is actually called Intercourse. Because uh, <laughs> yes. I don't know what's like wrong with these Amish people, but they like have a lot of ideas about like sexual intercourse. So they named the whole city called Intercourse. And there's other like really weird names like in that little like small place. But um, my friend was telling me, um, they're like, oh, have you heard of Joel Bomberger? And I was like, no, I'm, I'm not in like with Christian TikTok. Like, I don't know. I'm a TikToker, totally. but like, you're, I'm you're not, in a whole different world. <laughs> I'm in like a whole different, I guess, audience or brand. But I'm like, I don't know who these people are. So I, I looked you up and you were following me. And I was like, oh my gosh, now I feel bad because he's like following me. I wasn't even <laughs> following him back. So I was like, oh, let me follow him back. And then I shot, shot you a message. And I wanted to meet up with you because you lived in the exact same area that I was, but you were like busy. Totally. Anyways, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, intercourse is a part of Lancaster as well as a little town called Blue Ball, Bird in Hand. I mean, it's strange. They're all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> so I grew up, I was the youngest of six, and um, that's like normal around here is to have big, bigger families. My mom was from a family of eight, my dad from a family of 12, crazy. But um, I grew up as a Christian my whole life, and you know, Mennonite and Amish was, is a big part of Lancaster area, so I was very conservative. My parents grew up Mennonite. Um, so a lot of very found, uh, fundamentalist, like very like strict Bible believing, all this different stuff, but a lot of times maybe void, some of those people very void of maybe the Holy Spirit, void of love sometimes, very much about rules, that type of thing. Mm. So I grew up in the, the Christian church and, you know, I don't know when I would have considered myself saved or, you know, said the prayer, but for me, um, I was actually, let's see, at seven or eight, I was kind of taken advantage of sexually uh, by actually someone. Anyway, so I was taken advantage of sexually by someone in my distant family, and it really set me on a trajectory of just kind of like sexual curiosity and different things that were not appropriate for that age, you know? And it, and it wasn't handled, I think, well, even in just you know, teaching about it or talking openly about it. So yeah. I started to explore, you know, books about it because I was just so like the seven, eight-year-old, like I had no idea what was going on. So I just began to like research on my own, which obviously led me down just a path of discovering things on the internet and started to stumble over porn websites, all of this stuff. And I had nobody to really teach me or instruct me that that wasn't even like right or there's other proper ways to understand these stuff or that it's a good thing even sex is good all that stuff so by the time i think i was 11 i was pretty actively it's like 11 or 12 i was pretty actively like looking at pornography and then was like addicted to it and it was just like a big part of my life and it also spiraled deep into like okay i also want like intimate relationships in my everyday life so i was like i wanted a girlfriend more than anything literally by the age 12 my parents were like, no, you can't. But I just went all into it, started like having a girlfriend behind my parents' back, would sneak out like late at night, you know, like opening up the windows at like 1 a.m., like sneaking out, like walking to my girlfriend's house. 
as a 13 year old, you know, because I couldn't drive, you know, all the crazy stuff. And this was my whole life throughout high school was, I mean, I would consider it somewhat of like a, like a sex addict, you know, I am in this place of addicted to pornography, but also, you know, exploring different things with girls, like friends with benefits and like all this different stuff that was just kind of a, taking place. Um, and it was interesting because the whole time throughout my high school, I still call myself a Christian. A lot of times I dealt with a lot of shame because I knew, you know, a lot of these things weren't right. Um, and that I couldn't get free of an addiction to pornography that I knew was, was wrong. Mm. Um, but then there became a place probably later in my high school experience that I became so callous to all of that, that I just kind of like, was like, I'm just going for it. I don't mind. I started to like not feel convicted and was just like, this is actually how I want to be. And I started to do just really gnarly stuff. So it was around that time where I think inwardly the depression started to really creep up. And I mean, I was a pretty popular kid. You know, I was happy. I was the life of the party. I was the guy that was like always making stuff happen. Um, I always seemed outwardly like really cool. I mean, I had a slammed Volkswagen Golf, so who doesn't like me? Um, <laughs> you know, I had like all this stuff, but inside, I was extraordinarily angry. Like, I mean, I was mean to people. I was angry at my family, just like full of rage. And I was really depressed. I mean, I just remember countless nights just like crying myself to sleep. I remember nights of just like not feeling anything and feeling just like I want to take my life. You know, that was probably like age 17 uh, going into my senior year. So that was kind of the backstory of my high school life. And I just say that to paint the picture of I, I knew Christ and Christianity, mm. and I knew that was, I never denied the faith in the sense that I knew that that was true, that was right. But I was pursuing my own lifestyle. I was not following the lifestyle of Christ, and I was ultimately doing whatever I wanted to do, and it left me with a ton of brokenness, a ton of depression. and. So the, the linchpin for me was my senior year. Actually, one of the first things that sparked it, a friend came back from mission trip to India. He started to share with me all these stories, just these authentic encounters with God. And I remember just feeling like experiencing the presence of God. We're sitting around this campfire. And I was like, this is unlike anything I've experienced. Like, this is not just, we're not talking about like religion. We're not talking about like a cool Christian thing. Like I could feel there was something real about what he was saying more than what I've experienced in my Christian faith. How old were you? And then I read, that was 17. Yeah, so I was 17 years old. And then I read this book called Crazy Love by Francis Chan. And if, if nobody's read that, I would encourage you to check it out. It's a very short read. It's awesome, awesome book. And I, chapter I love four, that book. Like, that okay, you book, have read it? It changed my life. Like I was reading that book when I was in middle school. And yep. I don't read books. Like, I mean, now I do because I have to. I have to read commentaries and stuff to learn the Bible. But totally. um, back then, I did not read books. And that, that book absolutely changed my life. And it helped me to see how I could, like, fall in love with God. I didn't, I didn't know that that was a possible thing to, to have. And it was totally. so easy, especially for someone in middle school. Like, I didn't even think, like, yeah. Yeah. And that, that was exactly it. It like, to me, it sparked something. And the biggest thing that actually hit me was chapter four, which was the profile of the lukewarm Christian. And he walks through Revelation three, where if you're neither hot nor cold, but lukewarm, Jesus will spit you out of his mouth. And I think for the first time I had this revelation where I was like, wait, Jesus is saying he'll spit you out of his mouth. And I had this like moment where I was like, I've called myself a Christian my whole life, but I could be lukewarm. And I just assumed, I said the prayer, like, I'm going to go to heaven. It's like, it's okay, you know? And then all of a sudden I had this moment where I was like, yeah, but actually I might not be pleasing Jesus. And if I'm living lukewarm, which I totally was, then he might actually spit me out of his mouth. I don't even know what that looks like, but it was like convicting to me. So that kind of like stirred this crazy hunger inside of me. And I'll share this story because I always do. The, the moment that changed my life I read that book and then I went to Vermont on a snowboarding trip. And I'll shorten this story, but I just want to share it because it was such a pivotal moment for me. Because my goal was to snowboard as much as possible. I was an adrenaline junkie. You know, I'm pursuing all of these 
other things because I wanted just to something to satisfy me and something to even heal this depression and something mm. just to fulfill me, something I just wanted to have fun. You know, you could literally still find a video of me doing a gainer off of a 90 foot cliff into a quarry with an umbrella hat and a speedo <laughs> because I just wanted to have fun. Like I wanted to do the wildest stuff. And, and obviously that was God given, but I was putting it into the wrong places. And now I'm just wild for Jesus. Anyway, I'm going to you, you said like a couple of words. I don't even know what that is. Like quarry gainer. <laughs> Like I don't, I I didn't grow up in the snow or where there's mountains or anything like that. So I'm sure people who like grew, grew up up there know, but like down here, like all we have is swampland because I live in Miami, and so like we just we just have flatlands and swamplands. We don't have caves. We don't have like skiing. I'm well, not gonna do any of that. <laughs> a quarry is like a big like stone quarry where they mine like uh, limestone or something like that. And so there's huge cliff walls and it's filled in with water. So it was a 90 foot cliff that I dove into water and um, well, like, like, you know, the, Red like Bull sweet, Cliff diving. Like the scene from uh, Twilight. <laughs> yeah, probably. You know, you ever see like, Twilight? I actually have it. My wife has it. <laughs> oh my gosh, you need to see Twilight. There's like a scene where she's like, she wants to so badly like feel something because her boyfriend like left her the vampire. And so yeah, she yeah, just yeah. goes like diving, like cliff diving into like just yep. the middle of the ocean. It's like a, a huge like cliff. It's crazy. That's exactly it. And a gainer <laughs> is a backflip, but it's when you're running forward and do a backflip. So anyway, oh, wow. <laughs> we'll, we'll move on. But um, so I'm, I'm going snowboarding because I think this would fulfill me. Like I'm just like, this is going to be my whole winter. First day of snowboarding, I'm coming home from Vermont down to Pennsylvania and the snowboards fly off the roof of my car and litter the side of the highway because I didn't lock nut the roof basket. It's bad. Oh, no. And my friends just bolt back to try to find these snowboards because there's literally like, it's, in, it's the middle of the night. It was like 11 p.m. And I'm just like, okay, I'm a good Christian. Here I am. Like, I'm staying with the, the car. So I decide to pray. And I literally like, I don't have any special prayers, you know, I, I'm not like really tight with God, though I would pray every day, you know, maybe read my Bible. So the only prayer I knew was like, God, protect my snowboards, protect my friends, you know? I was just like, that's what I thought you should pray. And then this is the craziest thing is, I had a thought come into my head, clear as day, and it was, you need to give up snowboarding. And I was just so blown away by that because I was like, first of all, it felt like my own thought, but why would I think that? Because I love snowboarding more than anything. So I'm like, it must not have been me. And then I was kind of like, was that God? But I was like, why would God tell me to give up snowboarding? Because he loves that I have hobbies. You know, he, he loves that I use snowboarding to glorify him. That's what I grew up believing, you know? So I just kind of like dismissed it, prayed again. God, would you, you know, protect my friends, protect my snowboards. Clear as day again, the thought comes in. I want you to give up snowboarding and follow me. And I was just wrestling. Wow. I was like, this is such a strange thought to have. And I mean, just for anybody listening, it's like when God speaks, it's so often way, I mean, it's just like it comes in our own thoughts. It comes as a still small voice. It comes as an intuition. And it was so easy for me to dismiss, dismiss this voice. But I was just like wrestling with it. Well, one snowboard was snapped in half. The other snowboard was completely missing and one snowboard was completely fine. I remember thinking in my head, I wonder if my snowboard's the ones missing that would confirm to me that I'm not supposed to snowboard this winter. Mm. Guess what? My snowboard was the only one that was okay. <laughs> oh. And I had this thought that came in and I felt the Lord say, I want you to give up snowboarding because you want to for me, not because you have to because you don't have a snowboard. Mm. And I was just like, <laughs> whoosh. So long story short, I just wanted to share that little encounter. I ended up saying, I'm going to take this winter and dedicate it to God, December 21st to March 21st. And I said, God, I don't really want to give up partying. I don't want to give up swearing. I don't want to give up the stuff that I'm doing. But if you're really that good, then I want you to show yourself to me, show your love to me. Hmm. So I just went on this journey. I was like, I'm going to give God a fighting chance. So I read through the Bible. I found a 90-day Bible reading plan, December 21st to March 21st, 90 days. And that is crazy. It's like 17 to 18 chapters every single day. Yeah, and for that, a guy 
That yeah. is like too, that is crazy too much. <laughs> I can't even, I'm right, I know because right now my friend, she was asking me um, if I would like to join her on her Bible reading plan for like a year, like get through the entire yeah. Bible in a year. And I was like, at first I was like, no, I don't want to do that because like, I, I like to take my time with the word. I like to study the word, you know? Yeah. And then I just got really convicted because I felt like on most days, I don't even like read my Bible as much as I should be reading my Bible. Right. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to join the plan. And so I've been doing it every single day. And it's hard. Like, and it's like, I think it's like three chapters a day or something around there. It's from the yep. Bible Project. And it's, it's yep. just like hard, you know, to make time to like really, really do it every single day and keep track of it. And then if you, if you fall behind one day, like you have to catch up the next day. It's like it's a, so totally. I can imagine like a 90 day. <laughs> that's too, that's too I much. Know. But that's, I mean, that's who I am. I'm, I'm very goal motivated and, and I'm kind of an all in guy. So yeah. <laughs> though my, my desires didn't match it yet, I was just like, I'm going for this. You know, 17 years old. And I had like no idea what I was reading. I'm like reading through Leviticus, you know, probably what, like 10 days in because it's like so many chapters. And I was like, what, what is happening? Like I have no idea what's going on. But the reality is Ephesians 5 says that you're, you're sanctified and washed by the water of the word. And there was something I was doing as I was seeking my face to just seek God. Even though my desires weren't there. He was sanctifying and washing me because I had faith in what I was reading. I was, I was setting myself to seek him. And then the other thing that I was doing every day was I was praying. And it was another prayer, I think, that came from Crazy Love, which is when Francis Chan was saying, he said, hey, if you don't want God, be honest and say, I don't want you, God. Mm. But then say, I want to want you. You ask God for the desire for him. And that was really helpful for me because every day I would be saying things like, man, I, yeah, like I don't really want to give up this or this or this, but God, I want to want you. Would you come and give me desire for you? If you're that good, would you come and show me your love? And I would pray this every single day. And then after a couple weeks, I remember praying like, God, I cannot give up pornography on my own. I still want to do it. I still want to look at pornography but you come and change my heart. Mm. And I think that's the key even in your prayer life. It's this humility to admit you can't do it. And it's also this, this honesty. God already knows it's in your heart, so you don't have to pretend like you really want him or you really want to do this if you don't. But then you ask him to say, you're the one who actually has to come and change me. I just throw myself on you in humility because I can't. Because, I mean... I was Christian. You know, my family was all great Christians. I had gone to Christian counseling for years to get rid of this addiction to pornography and nothing changed it, right? Mm. I couldn't get free of it because it was all based on like, okay, well, like, don't do this and put off this and do this. And then in yeah. this moment, four weeks in to me reading through the Bible, me praying this prayer every day, I had an encounter with the Holy Spirit at a youth group. And they asked, if anybody wants to be filled with the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, I came up. They prayed for me and we were shaking. Like I had never experienced this before, but it felt like I got hooked up to like an electric generator, right? I'm just like <laughs> shaking, I'm crying, I'm weeping. I had no idea what was going on. And I walked out of that room and, and just knew I will never be the same. I was like, I just encountered God. And I looked around the youth group. I saw people playing basketball. I saw people playing pool. And I remember being like, what are they doing? Didn't they realize like God was in the room? Like yeah. I couldn't believe yeah. that people were still like doing normal things because I had just had this profound encounter, right? Yeah. And it was from that moment on, I got instantly free from pornography and just had never addicted to it ever again. Like from a wow. moment. Wow. I got instantly set free from depression. I got instantly set free of all of the, that anger, those mindsets, got filled with joy. Got, got filled with freedom, filled with peace, and all of a sudden, that moment when the Holy Spirit filled me, I started to understand more of what I was reading in the Bible. Mm. All of a sudden, I started to like, okay, I hit up my friends. I was like, bro, you got to give me some good Christian like worship music, you know? Um, he gave me <laughs> Misty Edwards CD, and it was game over. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> so that was really my testimony, is that moment I was free and then from that point on, I mean, the beginning of my senior year, all the parents were like, don't hang out with Joel Bomberger. He's a bad influence. He's like doing all this bad stuff. 
by my end of my senior year, after that 90 days of winter, they're like, go hang out with Joel and get what he's got. Because I was leading Bible studies. I was praying all the time. I was reading through the Bible. And so, I mean, there's so much more that I could say, but that was my initial encounter with Jesus. Mm. And then since then, it's just been like, everything for me has been about, okay, I had this encounter with the Holy Spirit that changed me. And even though I grew up Christian, that was not a part of my life for 18 years. Mm. So I'm like, how many more people have maybe are in the Christian church, but it's just a religion or it's just an outward thing. And they have not had a living encounter and relationship with the Holy Spirit through Jesus. And I just was like, so from then on, I was just telling everybody, whether Mm. they were non-believers, believers, believers, I was just like, you got to get on fire for God. It's the best thing ever. You know, I was just like, this is better than snowboarding. It's better than cliff jumping. It's better than sex, man. This is it, you know? So, and then from then on, you know, two years after that, I I got called into this full-time ministry with YWAM and I've just been traveling the America for the past eight years, just telling people about Jesus, telling him, telling people about the power of the Holy Spirit, seeing people healed, seeing people saved. So, that's kind of a brief snapshot. We can go anywhere you want to from there, Samuel, but that's kind of it. <laughs> yeah, I love what you're saying. Also, sorry. <clears throat> I'm still getting over COVID. It was like awful. <clears throat> I mean, not oh, as no. bad as some people, but just got like some mucus. But it was, you know, everything you're saying is so great, especially that part I really highlighted. I was like, I wasn't texting on my phone. I was making notes. <laughs> I really, I um, yeah, I really love that part where you're talking about honest prayers um, cause I never made the link between crazy love and honest prayers. I just thought I was like, maybe, maybe I made that up because I've always been very honest with the Lord. And then you just reminded me that I was, I was probably very, um, honest with, with God because I had read that book in middle school, knowing I could be honest with God and nobody right. probably ever told me I could be honest with God, but that's always something that I tell my disciples, people when I'm teaching, I'm like, just be real with God, you know, be real with yeah. him. If he yep. already sees your heart, he already knows what's going on in there. What's the point of being like, yeah, God, like, I'm such a good person. I want to follow you. You know, like, no, just <laughs> yeah. be real with him and be like, no, I, I really want the sex. Like, I really want the porn. Like, I, totally. I, I, don't, I don't really want you, you know, like, but I want to watch you. I want That's to right. watch you. It's like the man yeah. in the Bible who was like, Lord, like, I don't have faith, but like, give me faith. Like, please. <laughs> you yeah, know? totally. And, and so I think those honest prayers are such beautiful prayers. And then, and then just telling him that, especially if you find yourself in a, in a predicament where you're like, like just, just yesterday I was talking to one of my disciples and she was telling me that she feels like her passion for the Lord is gone. And she feels like as though she's not reading her word and she can't like connect in worship. And, yep. and I think doing those honest prayers or just being like, Lord, like, I, I have felt my passion just dissipate for you or my fire yep. just gone out, you know, like, yep. please help me. I want to, I want to watch you. And I, I think yep. like the Lord will respond if we do those honest prayers every single day. And then we, we not just do the prayer, but then we, um, we line it up with discipline. Like, yes, cause that's there's, key. Yeah. There's, there's no point in wanting something if you're not going to chase after it. Like I, yeah. I believe, especially like, I think, I don't know, it was like Walt Disney that said like a quote or something like in this life, like nothing will be impossible if you just like chase after this or whatever. I don't know. But <clears throat> I believe that like, to me, it's like, if you want to reach God, you can reach God um, by just calling out to him, you know, and being yeah. honest and then setting up those disciplines. Like I'm, I used to be a personal trainer. So to me, there's no such thing as excuses. <laughs> right. Totally. As a personal trainer, I'm like, you got to get your butt through that door. You know, you got to make sure you do that cardio. You're eating right. You know, if yep. you really want this, if you really want a lifestyle change, you're going to have to do lifestyle changes. You know, yep. <laughs> that's what it's all about. Um, but it's interesting enough because a lot of people, I think like, I think there is like behavior modification and then there is like um, Holy Spirit led like discipline. And like yes. maybe you want to like talk a little bit about those two, because to me specifically, like I had kind of I, if someone tells me right now, if they're like, hey, like I, I honestly, I just don't want God. Like I, I really want to sin like like sin has a, 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 a 
captivated my heart basically like i want to go yeah. out i want to like have sex i want to do this i want to do weed like my heart's just not in it like i i would respond to that person like okay go you know go and why would i respond that way because that's exactly what what the father did with the prodigal son he was like he didn't stop right. him he was like oh that's what's on your heart you want to take this inheritance and you want to use it and you want to like you know do whatever you want like waste it away you know go ahead Go out there, see what's what it's really about. And I know that you'll be back. I know that you'll come back to the Father, hopefully. You know, hopefully. If right. sin doesn't destroy you, which is like a, a crazy, dangerous game to play with. But totally. a lot of people, especially you were talking about religion, growing up in the religious household, it's like, oh, no, don't do that. Don't go to the sin. You know, like, which we just, like, behavior modification all the way. You know, just, just take away the Netflix or just do this, even though your heart's yep. not really there. And it's like, at that yep. point, it's like, you, you might as well just go sin. Like, what do you think about that in that situation? Totally. Yeah, it's, that is such a, an interesting thing because you have people then, you know, out there sinning, living crazy lifestyles. So then you have some of these other people in this religious part that are just modifying their behavior, but uh, their heart's not in it. And uh, it's Colossians that talks about, you know, putting on these modifications like do not touch, do not taste, do not do this, which have no actual uh, benefit over the desires of the flesh, mm. over actually self-control. In fact, I should just read it because it's so good. I just want to get this. Um, and I think that that's actually a key thing is not just putting these religious uh, inhibitors over us, but actually saying, hey, like, I want, I need a heart change. I need a genuine mm. encounter with the Holy Spirit. Um, okay, so it says this. It says, if you have died with Christ to the elementary principles of the world, why is if you're living in the world, do you submit yourself to decrees such as do not handle, do not taste, do not touch, which all refer to things destined to perish with the use. He's talking about like religious games that you're playing in accordance with the commandments and the teachings of men. These are all just like religious things. You have mm. to go to church every Sunday, you have to do the prayers every day at 9 a.m., you know, all of these things, which none of those things are bad in themselves, yeah. but you're teaching them as like, okay, this is the thing to do to be godly. Yeah. He's like, these are matters which have to be sure the appearance of wisdom in self-made religion and self-abasement and severe treatment of the body. Okay, I'm not gonna, I'm just gonna throw out my computer completely. You know, that's how it is. And, but they are of no value against fleshly indulgence. Hmm. And I think that there's something to be said. So he's saying there's no value against fleshly indulgence. When the Holy Spirit comes and fills you, like he did in my life, he gave me the grace to say no. He hmm. gave me the ability, the power to all of us and say, man, I don't actually want that anymore. In fact, the temptation might still be there, but I'm yeah. actually like, no, actually this is better, or I actually have the ability to say no. And yeah. I think that there is, there is value to this idea, you know, Jesus says, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. There's this aspect of like, okay, you do need to set some sort of boundaries to keep you from falling into something that could actually kill you, that yes. could actually like really hurt you. Mm -hmm. But if that's the priority, rather than the heart change, wow. you are just going to make yourself this kind of like fluffy castle, bouncy house, but never actually experience the true change. And I'll just say this, we see this all the time in Lancaster, in the Amish. They have yeah. this thing, you know, they have strict religious roles, but none of these kids have encountered the Holy Spirit. None of these kids have encountered a true relationship with Jesus. And then by the time they're 18, they let them do this thing called rumspringa, where it's basically you now go and do whatever you want in the world, and then you decide, do you want to leave the Amish church or do you want to come back? So these kids for a year go out, do drugs, party like crazy, do everything like nuts, go into the malls, buy all the things that they want, but then they're completely like in the world not finding any fulfillment, so then they just return back to this religious thing mm. because they've never encountered a true relationship with the Holy Spirit, a true relationship with Jesus. So that's my passion is for people to like, listen, you can't fall into the religious trap, but you can't go out and just do whatever you want. You need Jesus. Mm. And like my, my, 
kind of like life verse that really changed so much in me is John 10.10, which is Jesus came to give you life and life abundantly. Mm-hmm. But it's the thief that came to kill, steal, and destroy. So I'm look, like, I just want people to know that a genuine relationship with Jesus, a genuine life with Him will actually give you life abundantly. And wow. anything outside of that will not be life abundantly. And anything in your life where you feel like destruction, where you feel stealing, you feel pain, you feel all this different stuff, God often gets blamed. But that scripture tells us it's the thief that's the one who provides that. That's not from God. You know, Jesus is the one who came to give you abundant life. Um, so anyway, I, I, that was kind of a long answer to what you were saying. But I just think it's so important to have that, uh, that real relationship. And the last thing that I'll say on that is I made a video about this recently, three ways you can fail in your relationship with God. <laughs> and the, the one way I said was um, say prayers every day, but don't seek God. Mm. And what I mean by that is we so often come to God with this, this prayer, you know, or like even me on the side of the road with the snowboards, God, protect my friends, protect, you know, snowboards. It was just kind of a, a meaningless prayer that maybe I, I wanted my snowboards to be protected, but I wasn't drawing near to God to know him. So often, like, I grew up praying before bed every single night. And I'm just like, okay, God, like, thank you for my family. Bless my family. Bless the children in Africa. You know, help the homeless. You know, And they're just prayers that you're praying. But it's like, God's like, no, I actually want to talk to you. I want you to draw near to me. I want you to share with me what's on your heart. And then I want to share with you what's on my heart. And when that happens, there's actually a transformation inside and he'll actually give you of his Holy Spirit and you have the power to live differently. That's different than just going to mass and saying the prayer or just doing the thing. And disciplines, don't get me wrong, have their place. They're so important. But if there's not a heart behind it, you're going to miss it entirely thinking you're a good Christian saying all these prayers, but you've never actually known God and his heart. Mm. So that's that's what I'd say on that. Yeah, you can tell you're a preacher. <laughs> that was an incredible answer. Wow, incredible. I could not have said it better myself. I'm I'm not the greatest with my words. Like I love I love what Paul says. I think it's like um don't care so much about people with like these like amazing beautiful words. And I'm like that's me. <laughs> I was like I don't need that to preach the gospel. I'm like I have enough, but you are incredible, man. That that was exactly what I what I was thinking. Um, yeah. So I also wanted to talk about this topic that you said that in in the beginning of your childhood that you had some sexual abuse, and um, maybe we can talk about some of those things um, as obviously as far as you're comfortable about some of that sexual abuse because so many people have experienced sexual abuse, um, especially when it comes to sexuality. That's like all about my channel and my TikToks. It's like all about sexuality. I was personally never, or not that I remember, <laughs> maybe I blocked it out, but I don't think so. I think I would have remembered by now. But um, I was never abused as a child, but there are so many people um, that were abused as a child, and um, especially people of the LGBTQ specifically. Yeah. I know, like, that's always like in, whenever I meet another um, person who struggles with same-sex attraction or who's open in the lifestyle, they're always saying like, oh yeah, when I was younger, you know, my uncle, we had this weird relationship and there was a sexual abuse there. Um, and I was just thinking like, how, how, how do you give like advice to someone who's experienced that trauma and that hurt in their lives and to come to Christ? Um, some of these people, they were, they experienced it in the church. Some of these people, they yeah. experienced it by Christians. How were you able to overcome that? And did it also like mess with your sexuality as terms of like heterosexual or like gay or like any of those types of things? Man. Um, yeah. So I think, I think the biggest thing that I would say is that I think shame is one of the primary assignments against all of that. Specifically, just anything involving sex, there is just a demon of shame that tries to rob people. And I think that is actually one of the biggest injustices when it comes from that is actually the shame that that kills every other area of your life. When you're walking in shame, then you can't walk out in the calling of God, really. You, you are in this place of lack of confidence. You're in this place of 
self-doubt. You're in this place of feeling unworthy, which is not what God says about you. Which is why I think that this conversation with the LGBTQ plus community is so difficult and such a fine line right now, because I believe that the devil has done a great job of shame and then what that does is keeps them from walking in their true calling in God. And the church primarily has just heaped on the shame. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Rather than just say calling out who they are, they've just been like, yeah, actually the Bible says homosexuality is one of the worst sins ever, you know? And it's just mm. like, whoa, you know, it's just it's like it's wonderful. overwhelming. <laughs> It's I, like, I well, feel thank great you. now. This is going to help <laughs> me with God so much. <laughs> it's like, no, call out the gold of, of who they are, and then they'll recognize that who they're not is not what they should walk out in, but they can actually have something new. Um, so that would be the first thing. I, I personally, as I look back at it, um, I didn't have the language for this, but I would say through high school, I was, I was very much experimenting with like bisexual type of things. I didn't have the language for that. I still was just like, no, I'm normal. But it was just like this, this sexual addiction where it's just like anybody that I was with, we were just doing stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, so that was a big part of what was going on. And, and I think that coming out of the shame was the biggest thing. And that just came, like I said, when I had that encounter with the Holy Spirit where he said, Joel, this is who you are. And this is the life that I have for you. And it's mm. way better than anything else. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I don't know if I can talk to, you know, give more tips than the fact that you just really need the, uh, an, a genuine encounter with the Holy Spirit and for Him to show with you that He loves you, that He's there with you, and that He has an incredible purpose for you, mm. and that's outside of what your desires are. Uh, yeah. We have to walk away. And it's okay if you still have those desires. God, I still have those desires. But I need you to come and give me the grace to change. Because I'll, I'll say this, you know, I, I literally remember just the stark difference. Once I had this encounter with the Holy Spirit and I felt the power inside of me to say no to the sin, where I was literally in the middle of the act, all of a sudden just said no and stopped and was like, I remember I, I felt the Holy Spirit say, you don't need to do that. And I said, I don't need to do that. And I stopped and then I never did it again. And wow. I mean, that's crazy when just, just that doesn't happen. You know, it's yeah. like once you get the train no, going, was... everybody's like, that's it. But it's like the, the Holy Spirit was like, no. And I was able to actually stop in the middle of the act. So I just would say like, you need the power of the Holy Spirit. And his spirit is only attracted to humility and humility comes when you admit, I don't actually have, I still have these desires, but I can't change them. You need to come and change them. And he will. Yeah, man, that's incredible. Um, I had the exact same result that when I encountered the Holy Spirit, I was in the middle of the act having sex. And, and then the guy was like, oh, what's wrong? And I'm like, I can't, I just can't do this anymore. Like, I don't want right. to do this anymore. And it was such a different change because it's like, what? Like, I have never <laughs> not wanted to have sex. Like, I've never wanted to just, like, leave in the middle of the act. Like, and it was totally. just, a, just a total conviction from the Holy Spirit. But, I, you know, some people might have this question, which is, why did God allow for me to be abused? Like, if God really loves me, why didn't God protect me during that time? Why did, why, like, this is almost like God's fault. What would you say to that person? Yeah, I mean, that's such a deep question, and there's a lot of different things that you could say about that. So I don't want to, you know, necessarily... Well, here's what I would say, is I know that, you know, that verse, John 10, 10, the thief came to kill, steal, and destroy. So my first response is always, that wasn't God, that was actually the enemy, and it was his goal to destroy you. That was the enemy's assignment to bring destruction. That was the enemy's assignment to steal from your calling. That was the enemy's assignment to keep you from walking in who you were and to bring pain. And then the thing is that then he pitted it against God. And so now mm. you're blaming God when God is the only one who actually has true life and is the only one where good and perfect gift come from. 
You know, it says every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. So everything good in your life is from Him, and everything that's caused that destruction is from the enemy. So that's, that's where I always start with right there. You have to get that in your mind, is that God is the author of love. He's the one who gives perfect gifts. He's the only one who can heal you from that. And the enemy's the one who brings destruction. So the enemy was at work in that place. Now, it takes a deeper theological discussion to talk about, okay, then why did God allow the enemy to do that to me? Mm-hmm. The reality is we live in this sinful fallen world that we chose sin. And so the enemy actually has free reign in this world right now. And God has limited himself to a certain degree, though he's all powerful, to yes. say, okay, I actually want to work through humans because he gave the world to humans. So we chose destruction, therefore destruction comes on us, you know? So that's just a natural byproduct of this world that we've lived in. And we are waiting for the redemption of the world, the new heaven, the new earth. And we have access to that kind of new heaven reality through the Holy Spirit and through Jesus Christ if we submit ourselves to him and his ways. So you know, yeah. that's just kind of a, a brief answer that I would try to dive deep into somebody with. Yeah, so beautiful. I think the exact same way. I love having you as a guest on my podcast. Can I just say that? Because <laughs> it's like, it's, it's so great. Like when you just randomly find people and they just get, you know, everything about God and like, and your experiences and they just like align. Because we all serve one God, you know, and, totally. and it's, it's the same God. So it's like when you have that communication, that relationship with God, and then you hear them talk, you're like, they know the God that I know. And I'm like, yeah. oh, Joel knows the God that I know. And you guys can Come know on. him too. So, um, right. but yeah, I, I, I love that explanation. I also think like, remember, we have free will. And, um, and the Lord gave us that free will. It's not that yep. it makes or undermines him or makes, it, makes him not as powerful. Is that he literally chose for us to have some type of share in his creation and for that to happen like you said we chose destruction and we let those things in so for us to say why did god allow these bad things to happen you know whether it's sexual abuse whether it's same-sex attraction whether it's you know all these things that are not from the lord you know they're not good things from god um why does he allow those things to happen well because we have free will if if he didn't allow those things to happen then we would just be robots <laughs> and then totally. we would just be perfect, you know? So it's like, yeah. I don't know if you want to be a robot or if you want to cease to exist, but that's just like what it comes down to. And then we should really, you know, blame the enemy for taunting us and tempting us with our sinful fleshful, um, fleshy nature, you know? So exactly. anyway, speaking about Holy Spirit fire, and then we can talk a little bit about end time. So if you guys like end time, stick around. Um, Holy Spirit fire, I knew exactly what you're talking about in your testimony to me, I've, I've talked about this several times. I was fasting and um, I didn't really think much of it. I was going to like a big mega church at the time. I was fasting and they had a prayer meeting and I didn't want to go to the prayer meeting because I was tired. <laughs> and I was like, you know yeah. what? Discipline. I was like, you know what? First step, discipline. I'm just going to go. Yeah. Ended up going. I was like, I sat in the front row. The pastor was right next to me and they had like this time of prayer where you were going to like pray for your neighbor or whatever. And, and I was like, okay, whatever, like, I don't care. Like, I started praying uh, for the pastor who was right behind me. It was like the main pastor of this mega church. And when I started praying for him, like, just like fire came upon me. I never experienced anything like it. It started from my stomach, and it felt like I was on crack. <laughs> like, yeah. I felt like I was on coke or something. Like, it was just like yep. crazy drug behavior. I just started, like, I didn't even know what the words of, like, what I needed to pray. Like, and I just started speaking in tongues. And, yep. um, and like, I don't even know. It was, it was just insane. Like I knew that I had to say something and pray something, but I didn't know what. And, um, and so after the prayer and I was like prophesying and everything it was so weird because I'm not like that, especially when it comes to someone who's so influential, like you want to be on your best behavior. You don't want to start saying, <laughs> speaking like weird things. And I started s- saying and speaking weird things. Uh, I like turned around to everyone. I was like, did you feel that? Did you guys feel that? And like yeah. how you were saying, like everyone just like went outside and played basketball and like just went around like, with their days. Yeah. And I was like, uh, I was like, did I, I had thought like it was an entire room thing, you know, not like totally. a big thing. And so I totally understand the Holy Spirit fire. But how does someone like encounter like Holy Spirit like that? Because it's almost like even in the word, it's, it's very like 
illuminous like i don't know if that's a word but it's it's very like hidden it's secretive like it says like the holy spirit is like the wind you never know when it's going to come or when it's going to go and yeah. a lot of people they want to have like that baptism of the holy spirit and but and right. by the way guys i want you guys to be clear here um especially if you haven't watched joel on his youtube go and watch his videos his most popular videos all about the holy spirit um, just because you haven't had a baptism of the Holy Spirit doesn't mean that you don't have the Holy Spirit inside of you. Because power right. from the Holy Spirit is different than like the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And That's so right. a lot of people, they don't have that power from the Holy Spirit. How can people get that experience and, and that? Like for me, it was like I wasn't even planning it. It happened while I was fasting. I didn't right. even know that that could happen. I thought it was fake. So how do people yep. get that? Yep. No, it's so good. And I would say the two keys are hunger and faith. So he's attracted to hunger and then faith to believe that he wants to do that. Um, and, you know, as we're discussing, of course, the Holy Spirit is not just a force. It's not just emotion. He is God and he is actually a person. Ephesians says he can be grieved. He actually has emotions that you can grieve him by the way that you live. So that's yeah. another thing is... If you aren't living, you know, in accordance to what he is telling you to walk out in, that, that pushes him away. It also says you can quench him because you're saying, man, I'm living this my own way rather than the way that he has chosen. And when you choose to say, hey, I want to seek you to obey you, it actually brings him near. But Luke 11 is very clear. Jesus is giving the parable about prayer where he says, you know, you guys... Being earthly fathers, how many of you ask for an egg? Your father's not going to give you a scorpion instead. He said, <laughs> how much more? You guys are evil, is literally what he says. You guys being evil still know how to give good gifts. How much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? Luke 11, I think it's verse 9. Wow. So it's about asking first and foremost. You have to seek him and ask him and have the hunger to say, I want what you have. And I think that was so profound that you were fasting during the time because that is a key to spiritual hunger. I mean, real hunger, but spiritual hunger as well. Because you're saying, hey, I am willing to literally give up food, something my body requires, in order to get more of God because I see that you are more important than even what my physical desires are. So that hunger, and then it says in Galatians 3, that we receive the Holy Spirit by faith. It's not about meeting a set of requirements or how many times you read your Bible. It's about really receiving by faith, just like you receive salvation. But a lot of times, you just don't, people don't have the revelation of what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life to attach their faith to. So, I mean, real quick, just to, to finish that, is the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. I mean, you can see the full teaching on my YouTube. John 20, 22, Jesus breathes on them. They receive the Holy Spirit. But then right after that in Acts 1, he says, wait in Jerusalem because the, you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. So there's a difference between the indwelling Spirit and then when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And it wasn't just a day of Pentecost moment. It happened again in Acts 9. It happened again in Acts 10. It happens again in Acts 19. So this is all throughout, and we see it all throughout church history happening, where there's a separate moment where power comes on you. If you want that, it is about seeking God and asking Him for it. And then saying, okay, and then also, all throughout Acts, it came on through the laying on of hands. Find somebody like Samuel, like myself, or anybody who has experienced this, and then ask them to pray for you to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And... Those are just kind of the key ingredients, and the other things are just your heart posture of faith to believe that God wants to do it. Yeah, that's so beautiful, especially like the laying on of hands, because it's like those people who have experienced that, it's like they don't have to have this, like this, this faith because it's already been experienced for them. So right. they have an increase of faith because they're like, I've already been through this. I know you can have this too. I know the Lord will do this for you. And to pray that like over that person, it just makes logical sense to be like, yeah, I have enough faith for the both of us to be able to receive <laughs> yeah. this um, from there. But yeah, nobody nobody prayed for me specifically when that happened. It just happened while I was praying for someone else, which was insane. So it That's can awesome. happen. In, it's just a difference of, of many ways. And even, 
has happened to me in worship moments, you know, totally. in seeking the Lord in intimacy. Like it's like a constant, like it, it can happen over and over and over again because we yes. need, especially like when you get into ministry, like the Holy Spirit almost knew the calling that I had in my life knew that from yeah. that moment I was going to need that Holy Spirit fire to preach the gospel. And I think that's sometimes yes. what we forget is that when it comes to these miracles, signs, and wonders churches, um, they can get a little too heavy on that topic because um, yeah. they forget what it's what those miracles, those signs, and those wonders are for, which is to preach the gospel right. and to make disciples. Yes. And, um, yes. and sometimes I don't even think that they know how to preach the gospel or to make <laughs> totally. disciples you know so if if you're not if you're not going into the attention like oh i just want a little i want a little filling from the lord you know like yeah. i want some oh, oreo cheesecake dessert you know from god <laughs> like i don't know like it's like you're going in there with the wrong mindset because you should be wanting that not because you're gonna have a party with the lord but you should be wanting that so that it, it fuels your missionary efforts to go out yep. there and do the Great Commission, which is what the Lord asked us to do. Yep. And so um, speaking about the Great Commission, end times, and you're all about the end times, <laughs> and you wanted to talk about the end times, what is something oh, that you want to speak about, about end times? Like, <laughs> Man, maybe we were on such a good flow. I don't know if we should get into this right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I think it's, I think it's awesome. Um, when we look at the look at the end times, I think it's important for us. Number one, um, I think it's important for us to have an urgency. There's there's always an importance for an urgency. You look at even the Apostle Paul, and he himself was saying things like the end is near, right? The coming of the Lord is near, and he lived with an urgency. So I think that is so important that we have an urgency and a longing for the Lord. I think that our end time theology must also keep us in a place where we are able to steward our lives and invest in kingdom principles so that we don't uh, hinder our witness or hinder our legacy and our heritage. And here's what I'll say, in that, say on that. Say like in the Jesus movement in the 70s, incredible. Mm. The Jesus movement was amazing. The, the salvations and the evangelism that happened out, it was incredible. But they were so convinced that Jesus was coming back in their generation that none of them went to college. A lot of them pulled out of normal jobs. A lot of them pulled out of like entire industries. And what it did was created a vacuum in those areas of genuine believers being witnesses and being lights in those industries, even in governmental spheres, even in business worlds. So in the, in the big tech boom, when you have like Bill Gates and Steve Jobs and all this stuff that came up, there was no Christians there because mm. everybody pulled out because they were like the raptures happening like any minute, you know? Mm. And then it created this now we're living in early 2000s with this lack of Christian leaders in areas of governments, in areas of business, in areas of tech. And now we've had to kind of retry to come back on that. So yeah. I think before, before, I think we probably wouldn't have time to get into a lot of the theology of, of all of it. And I think that there's multiple ways. I mean, I know there's multiple ways to interpret Revelation and end times. But I, I would say that my biggest challenge to believers, I see this on TikTok all the time, is these young believers are just like, I believe Jesus is coming back in the next 10 years, or I believe mm. he's coming back very soon. And I'm like, he very well could be. Like, I'm stoked about it. I want that urgency within my heart. But what I'm cautioning us to do is to not then kind of retreat yeah. out of this idea of like Jesus is about to come back, but actually continue to be obedient. Continue to be like, well, actually, no, maybe I am supposed to continue to be faithful here. Maybe I am supposed to do this and continue to live a life that would honor the Lord in stewardship, in leaving a legacy, all the while keeping that urgency for personal soul winning, keeping that urgency to lead others to the Lord and to be waiting His return at any time. So I think because, I mean, we could unpack this topic in a crazy amount of ways, but I think that would be my one thing that I would want to just like hit on regardless of your end time theology. Yeah, get involved, don't take a step back. And I think that that's so incredible because, you know, I, I always say this thing, like whether it's pre-tribulation rapture, 
whether it's mid-tribulation rapture, whether there's no rapture at all, you know, whether it's yeah, like yeah. an end-time end rapture, you know, um, after the trip. But what's important is that, you know, we're doing what, what the Lord called us to do. And so whatever your theology is when it comes to the end times, um, like the church is described as what? Like making those disciples and making sure that the nations know who Jesus is. And then that's when he comes back is when the nations actually know who he is. So what right. is it that we are doing um, in, in our life and in our moments that are bringing on that coming of the Lord to come back? And so I think it starts like I'm so passionate about discipleship. Like I'm so yes. passionate about discipleship. I have 12 disciples myself that the Lord has blessed me with. If you guys don't yep. have disciples, then ask the Lord, tell the Lord, like who is in my life that you can bring that I can teach about the Bible, that I can teach the words of Jesus, yep. that I can lay hands on, that I can pray for, that I can yep. serve. Like it's all about servant leadership, you know, and then they can do the same thing and make their disciples. And then those people make more disciples. And then, and then the entire nations come to know about God. Like we didn't yep. get super into TikTok, but what, um, what Joel is doing and what I'm doing is that now we're able to reach literally like i think for the longest time it was it was that was almost like an impossible task it's like how will the entire nation first off see the lord coming down all at the same time and how will the entire nation like hear about jesus like that's almost impossible and now we have these phones that yep. everyone no matter where you are they have a phone and most people have tiktok to the point where it's millions of millions of millions of people on tiktok right and people yep. like Joel, people like me are creating like the gospel online, sharing our testimonies, sharing how to get closer to the Lord, discipling people online through Jesus clubs, you know, through different right. type of ministries like that. People are hearing this. So it's like, of course, the Lord's return is getting closer and closer because more, pe more people are, are hearing 100%. Jesus about Jesus. And so do what you can, get involved. Maybe it's not online. Maybe it's you don't have a, a, a YouTube personality like we do. Um, <laughs> but maybe it's going to be in government. Maybe it's going to be there. But don't like just shrink back. Don't just say, okay, well, I'm just going to peace out, guys. Like rapture time, you know, yep. like I'm gone. <laughs> Whether that does happen or not, you want to make sure that you do the best of your abilities of what the Lord does, uh, has given to you, like the parable of the talents. You know, like use yep. what he's given to you because then... You're just going to be a wicked and evil servant. You didn't you didn't do what the Lord called you to do, and, and you should have. That's right. Um, That's right. But, yeah, being a TikToker. So what are you currently doing right now before we end this podcast? All the ministries that you're involved in, what are you doing right now? How can people know about what you're doing and follow you? And, yeah, tell me a little bit about those ministries. Yeah, I'll give a brief overview. So well, a big part of YWAM, Youth with a Mission, and that's a global missions organization full of volunteer missionaries. And uh, the base I'm with is YWAM Circuit Riders, which is based out of Huntington Beach, California. And they do a lot of ministry to high schools, colleges. We do a, a, a Carry the Love, that's the flag back there, a Carry the Love tour every year um, where we go to hundreds of university campuses, hundreds of high schools. So I've been involved with that for the past eight years. I'm also with this group called the Jesus Clubs, uh, which plants... Jesus Clubs on physical high school campuses, but since the pandemic, we have all shifted to like more than 50% of our ministry actually being online. And we have a collaborative team of probably like, I don't know, a dozen of us that are all posting on this Jesus Clubs collaboration. The Jesus Clubs account is over a million followers on TikTok and collectively within all of the collaborators, I think we have over 12 million followers and we've seen over I think it's 2,500 salvations over just the past year on TikTok alone from people texting in, I want to be saved, and then getting plugged into Bible studies, plugged into local churches. So there's like thousands more that have maybe commented or like probably got saved, but those are all the ones that we've been able to record through actual texting. So the Jesus wow. Clubs I'm also involved in. Um, and then I, I have a lot of local churches here. I'm doing youth gatherings with, but the last one that I would say that that is a one that would be key for you guys to, to look up is, is called the send and circuit riders is, and YWAM is a part of the send, but it's a, it's a large stadium initiative. The first send gathering was actually in Orlando, Florida in 2019 mm -hmm. where I, I was there was around. 
You were there? <laughs> yeah. Oh, amazing. Awesome. So was I. It was really sunny that day. It got burned really bad. <laughs> no, I know. It was hot. Um, but incredible. The whole, the whole goal is actually, you know, to send people for the fulfillment of the Great Commission. You know, send people into neighborhoods. We have practical outcomes for that. Send people into high schools. Send people into universities. Send people into long-term nations, missions, uh, foster care, you know, all of these things. So our next gathering is actually in Kansas City, May 14th at the Chiefs Stadium, which is Arrowhead. So that is going to be really exciting. And it's really like a movement activating the body of Christ with these large stadiums as like catalytic moments. So if you're seeing this, you don't know anything about it, check it out at thesend.org and come May 14th. It'll be something you won't regret for sure. So those, those are some of the things I'm involved in. That's incredible. So how can people support you and your ministry? Do you have a website? Are you just on TikTok? Like, where do you want people to go? Yeah, so on Instagram is kind of my, like, hub. And there's links on both my TikTok or my Instagram. Um, on there, uh, if you just follow the link, there's ways that you can support me. Um, there's ways you can see more about me. So go ahead and check out those links. And, yeah, I'm just so, so grateful to have you guys following along and seeing what God's doing. Yeah, Joel is so great. <laughs> You're great. <laughs> um, I'm going to link all his stuff on the description down below. But thank you guys so much for joining us. If you made it all the way to the end, thank you <laughs> for being here. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Listening all this way. And it was a beautiful podcast episode. Like, I just like am so inspired to know that, you know, guys, there's really people out there who are encountering, uh, encountering the real living God. You know, That's right. and and Joel is one of those people like me, and there's like hundreds of thousands, I'm sure, everywhere around the world, and you can right. be a part of those that people group too. You know, the Lord can radically change your life the way that He changed Joel's, the way that He's changed mine. Um, yeah, so get plugged in, get involved, reach out to us. I have a Discord, like Joel's got his Jesus Clubs things going on, so um, make sure to get plugged in. You know, don't don't wait, don't wait. Holy Spirit's always willing. <laughs> so, right. With that being said, all right, everybody, have a beautiful, awesome day, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Bye. See ya.